This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by the brand new number one best-selling Amazon blockbusting book, The Seeds of Deconstruction. One Troublemaker's Journey from Religious Certainty to Liberating Doubt by brand new author, Nat Turney, also the co-host of This Is Not Church, the podcast. If you are deconstructing, if you have deconstructed, if you're thinking about deconstructing or you're just wondering what the hell is deconstruction anyway, pick up this book and find out. It's all the rage. All the kids are doing it. It's great. Check it out wherever fine books are sold. Buy a copy for yourself. Buy one for your friends. Maybe take it to your Bible study and really piss some folks off. Peace out. Love y'all. Thanks. Welcome to Apostates Anonymous, the show you turn to when you're no longer an evangelical. With your hosts, hosts, authors Keith Giles and Matthew J. DiStefano. Hey, what's up, everyone? It is time for another episode of Apostates Anonymous. I'm one of your hosts, Matthew J. DiStefano. I am weed-free for six days, taking a little break. So if I'm dry and grumpy and irritable, I apologize. Keith, say hi to everyone. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm the other host of this podcast. Um, I am also weed-free for the last, uh, let's see, 56 years. And uh, I'm I'm always grumpy and irritable. No, you're not. You're not as grumpy as I am. <laughs> well, as long as I have enough coffee. Although lately my coffee is decaf, so it doesn't really, oh it's all psychological. Gosh. It's not Boring, really doing. Huh? Yeah. Well, I, I, I have, uh, I get, I get a little, every time I do a little break, I get a little bit of uh, withdrawals apparently. So mm-hmm. for those who say um, cannabis is not addictive, it's not, a, it's not, it is. I mean, it's it is? addictive. Yeah, of course. Every, I, I mean, think anything I mean, look, can everything, everything yeah. is some somewhat addictive. I mean, coffee, you go off coffee. What do you think a headache is? It's a withdrawal. What do you think yeah. irritability is? It's a withdrawal. Yeah. Although I will say when I stopped, when I switched um, from coffee to decaf, I expected, because I've been drinking coffee since I was like, you know, in te- out of, a teenager. Out of the womb, huh? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Since I was in high school. And um, I just thought, man, this is going to kill me. And it, it was totally fine i maybe i maybe i had a headache one day a little small headache it wasn't big yeah. i expected like raging stuff and it was yeah it was actually really okay um i mean i weaned yeah. myself off slowly i didn't go like straight you know i didn't cut it off immediately on we coffee did I went cold. yeah on coffee i went cold turkey and it was fine yeah I had a headache for the first day i think and that's about it yeah yeah we went i did half calf for like you know maybe a week or so and then slowly went down to actual full-on decaf and I've got decaf. Have you seen my mug? My Bob Jones University mug? Oh, that is beautiful. <laughs> you know, the great thing about a mug like that is if you dropped it and broke it, you really wouldn't be I sad. I did. I did. Well, no, I'm really sad because the other day I dropped. Oh, I you had chipped this, it. I did chip it. This was bought by, um, so I went to a UCC for a while and the pastor was out in Georgia and he ironically bought it for me because he knew I'd find it funny. Um, I, I broke my, my, um, Star Wars mug, which was this, I like big mugs and it was so badass. Big mugs and I cannot lie. I cannot lie. I (laughs) dropped it and it cracked into, I was like, fuck. So my birthday's coming up folks. If you want to send me a mug. Yeah. So slide my DMs, I'll send you my address. Yeah. I have, I have a sad story like that as well. So, you know, 
if you notice, sorry, people listening, we're not, we're not on video, but Matt and I can see each other. So I have this Batman mug, right? Mm-hmm. And Wendy, so on our honeymoon, Wendy bought me this Batman mug. And um, I loved it. I had it for years and years and years. Probably probably had it for almost 25 years or so. And and then she was washing dishes and dropped it in the sink and the, the handle broke off. Mm. Oh, I take that back. No, I think it, it actually broke. It wasn't just the handle. The whole thing broke. So you couldn't use it as a mug at all. Anyway, so she was really bummed about that. And I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, I mean, it was sad, but I was like, I was trying to be like, yeah, it's okay. But then I found, but you would, here's the thing. This exact mug is really hard to find on eBay. You can find other Batman mugs, but not the one that's totally black with only the logo on one side. It's not, you know, it's just, it's like a a medium size. It's not the oversized soup Mm -hmm. one. Anyway, so it was really, I could not find this on eBay. Could not find it. And then one day, magically, I was at this Frankincense collectible warehouse with my, with my boys and someone had it for like, I think 15 bucks. So I, so this is the replacement. That's the replacement. So now we, we have to be very careful because if I drop this one, I don't know what I'm going to do. You're going to cry, cry, cry. I will. I'll be so sad. I really will. So, um, today we have a little bit of a special edition podcast. Um, we don't have a sponsor because the entire. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, folks. The the entire episode is going to be a sponsor. We're, um, we're going to devote the entire episode to this new book that we have coming out on choir publishing, this little publishing company you may have heard of, um, in collaboration with Pathios, this giant conglomeration that you may have heard of. Um, yeah. Do you want to tell? Was it was this your idea? What was? Where did this? Where did this book? Give the details. What's the title? When's it coming out? And um, what was the genesis of this thing? Yeah. So it is called "Sitting in the Shade of Another Tree." Um, the subtitle is "What We Learn When We Listen to Other Faiths." And um, yeah, it's coming. It's it's a joint project between Choir and Pathios, um, and it's out. Probably by the time you hear this, it will probably be out, right? It, or it'll, it'll, be, probably, it'll be out in a week. It'll yeah. be out on, yeah, the 26th, but there, there'll probably be ways to uh, to pick it up before that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, official release date is September 26th. Um, it's really fantastic. We want to tell you a little bit about the, the idea behind it, some of the contributors, um, and why it's so special. I, I think this was my idea. I think, actually, what I don't remember is if I had the idea for the book, before we thought about partnering with Pathios or if it kind of just the two things kind of came together at the same time. But I think it was shortly after, because when we were talking to them, if I, if I recall, we kicked around the idea of like, cause um, on, on heretic happy hour, we talk, uh, Katie asks our, our, our guests, who is Jesus to you? So I think we kicked around that idea. And I yeah. think we kicked around the idea of like who or what is God. And then I think it was your idea. Um, or no, no, Travis from Pathios was, um, it was like a congl- uh, collaboration, I think, on the call where it was like, well, the, their push is kind of more for interfaith dialogue. So we really went that that route about focusing yeah. not on our own faith, but on other faiths. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's it's really tailor-made for the way Pat, what Pathios does, right? So it was really a perfect fit. When we got on the phone and pitched it to them, they, and they were like, yes. And, and I think it was yeah. sort of like, well, duh. Because, right. you know, the, the idea behind it is, you know, as you hopefully you could maybe guess from the title and subtitle, um, the idea is to get 
people of a variety of faiths. So not just Christians. This is not this is not a Christian progressive Christian only perspective. Not at all. Although there's some, I mean, there's, there's plenty of them in there, but, um, but we wanted to mix it up. And so, um, we want to have people who are Hindu or Baha'i or Muslim or Jewish, uh, uh, Buddhist, you know, we want to have a a variety of different people who are in, uh, different faith systems. And what we were asking them to do was to write a chapter about, this is the way I think, this is what I put on the back cover. You know, most of the time, when someone in a particular faith talks or writes about another faith, a different one than their own, the focus is on what's wrong with that other faith, what they get sure. wrong. You know, they, they, they don't, they believe this and this isn't correct and they're wrong about this and they're wrong about that. And, and it's very critical and negative. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and usually in, in, in relation to their own faith, it's about how their faith is correct. And the other one is not. Which so we, we actually want, got some contributions. We like unfortunately that. had, <laughs> we had to, to reject. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. So the, the 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 idea was to say, you know, what's look at look at a different faith than your own, but tell me what's good about it, what's right about mm-hmm. it, right? What does it get right? And not only what does it get right, but what are, what's something that's so right that you could take it and incorporate it into your own faith practice, and it would enrich that. Right. And so that was that was the idea. Yeah. Which I think is a beautiful idea. And and it's kind of like the anti-apologist book. Like we're not we're not here to talk about our own faith necessarily. And I mean, we are talking about our own faith, but only in insofar as like how other faiths have influenced or impacted it. That's right. And I I think, yeah, we have too much. Like I think of someone I know we harp on Elisa Childers all the time, but we have someone who like that who goes and like, here's why this group is wrong. And it's always progressive uh, Christians or something. Usually. Here's why they're wrong. Here's why they're wrong. Here's why they're wrong. And it's like, don't we have enough of that shit? Like, isn't isn't there some truth in everything? Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not saying and none of us are saying that we're not we're not saying there's no difference between this version of Christianity and this version of Buddhism and this version of Zen. And the, we're not saying that like there are definitely contexts through each. And I guarantee you people like, um, you know, we have Safi Kaskas. Yeah. He's a, he's a, um, a Muslim scholar. I guarantee he's going to continue to be Muslim. And that's the beautiful part of it is that we're, we're not saying we, we're not trying to say we're going to have a watered down version of all of them. Cause they're all the same. Right. We're saying, no, no, these people, whoever they are, all of our contributors are going to continue to stay in their faiths. Mm-hmm. But they realize that it's um, what's, what's the phrase in the Bible? It's, it's a, it's a, a house with many rooms. Yeah, there you go. And I, that's how I think of it. Like we can all live in this house and all of our rooms can be different, but we can all certainly come together in the giant dining room table downstairs, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I'm just blown away. I mean, when we started getting, uh, I mean, there's a couple of people, that I specifically approached, you know? Um, but I mean, the main thing was we started with Pathios and the, the deal was we asked Pathios to send us um, some of their, some of their more prolific kind of bloggers and the different channels. And, mm-hmm. and several of those are in here, you know, um, guys that blog on Pathios, but blog for, for a different channel than a Christian channel on Pathios. And so I got their email addresses kind of sent out like a, a message to them like, okay, here's what it's about. Or that the thing I, I wrote it, but I had Travis sent it, right? Travis Henry mm-hmm. from 
Matthias actually sent it to them because uh, it would make sense coming from him right. rather than me. Um, so he he kind of did the hey guys here's what here's what we're gonna do with choir uh, let us know if you want to be involved. These are the people that came back and said yes they were interested, and then I was able to explain a little bit more about the vision for it and. Yeah, then we started, like you said, oh, there was only, thankfully, like maybe one or two people who didn't get it that we had to yeah. say, nope, sorry. This this is not, <laughs> you didn't understand the assignment. <laughs> you don't understand the assignment. And because um, what was happening, I'll talk about that a little bit, because what was happening, I think, was like the, the one, one of the main ones was like, it, I think the person thought it was more like a conversion story. Like, oh, I used to yeah. believe this. Mm-hmm. And then I realized how wrong it was. And now I, now I believe this other thing. It's like, no. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. And so I, I said, it's okay if you want to say I used to be this and then I became this other thing, but tell me what you brought with you. What are the, right. what are the things that, you know, yes, right. you used to believe this other thing and now you don't anymore, but was there anything right. about it that was good that you would say, you know, but I really like the way, whatever, their devotional or their, the way they meditate or the way they think right. about humanity or nature or God or something, anything. And uh, it just didn't work. Uh, the, yeah. the person was, the person had, I, I guess their conversion had been so, so uh, successful. They <laughs> <I> couldn't <laughs> think of anything good about that other life. Yeah. And that's fine. Look, that's their experience. That's, that's totally fine. That's their experience. Um, it just wasn't the assignment. That right. wasn't what we were looking for, right? So yeah, we, yeah, we were yeah. looking for people that could still appreciate something about another faith. Yeah. And I I just love how it's so diverse. Like there's people of color, there's men, yes. women, non-binary, there's LGBTQ. Yep. And I just, I love it that, um, to me, and I don't even identify necessarily as a progressive Christian. I don't think of the label Christian any longer, Yeah. but to me, like that, that's what Christianity should be. And that's where I think progressive Christianity actually gets it right. So while this is not a progressive Christian book at all, I think in the spirit of progressive Christianity, this is. Like, you know, you you get people like Elisa Childers talking about historic Christianity and then we're like, oh, that's not really historic Christianity. It's like, well, the duh. But <laughs> but why do we even want to go back to historic Christianity no. like that? Like, I think this is much more beautiful. This 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 causes us to like I have no intention, zero, actually negative intention, <laughs> negative percent intention of proselytizing to any of the contributors. No, not none of the contributors seem that they want. Like, if you're, it's, I, I would guess that if Sof, if I came up to Safi or Heather Hamilton or any of the other, they're not going to be like, oh yeah. But my point is really to get you to think my faith is the best. There's right. none of that, and that's what's so beautiful of it. And so. I think in no matter what your faith tradition is, if it's less about proselytizing and bringing someone into the club and more about just living out your f- personal faith in the world so that you better the lives of other that others, that's the point of this whole thing. And that's what's so beautiful. And so no matter what faith you are, if that's the expression of your faith, I think that's when you've gotten it right. And so mm-hmm. that's, I, you know, I think we've gotten this book really, really right. There are some things that I would change probably. Like I would love if, if we had, um, I don't think we got any Sikh folks. Um, I, I, I wish we would have gotten, yeah. you know, maybe a couple of other, of the smaller, um, faiths yeah. that aren't, I mean, not every faith is going to be represented. We, you know, you, you can only do so much. Sure, sure. Um, but I think overall the, you know, the point being is like, no matter where you are in your faith journey, you're going to get something out of this, whether yeah. you're devout or whether you're just like, 
a complete pluralist or, or, or yeah. a secular humanist, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. And I want to say something like, so we did a, uh, a little roundtable interview, a group interview, uh, our first one uh, with Stuart Deloney, a uh, friend of the show and uh, Quarkast Podcast Network uh, affiliate uh, with Snarky Faith Podcast. And um, so that was, it was me, Sapi Kaskas, Duncan Pyle, and uh, Caleb uh, Gilliland. And he so Safi said exactly what you just said, Matthew, which is so funny because you didn't know that. He actually I wasn't uh, there. <laughs> yeah, you weren't there, but what? So he's kind of repeated what you said. He said, you know, um, he said, you know, when he he started off in his Muslim faith, uh, he said he would go and he would go and go to Christian things or go to visit, you know, different things. But he mm -hmm. said his agenda was he so that he said if I could just had give me give me an hour and I can convince these people to believe that Islam is is the true religion. Uh -huh. And he said, then he found out that everybody else in the room thought the same thing, that if they could just sit Safi down for an hour, they could convince him that, that Jesus, yeah, the Christianity <laughs> was the right thing. Yeah. And, um, and I, I won't tell his story because he tells it in his chapter, but um, it's a pretty yeah. – well, I will say this. So th there's a pretty significant part of his story. Um, it centers around 9-11 because um, he, he and his family mm -hmm. were living here in Virginia mm -hmm. when 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. And what he and his wife – and children experienced was a mm. beautiful community of Jesus followers who embraced them, even though mm. they're obviously Muslim, prayed for them right. and prayed for Osama bin Laden. And, and it, it just blew their minds that these people were praying for their enemies and praying for people that weren't like them and didn't think like them. And that was a pivotal thing for him. Um, and so, you know, it's just really beautiful. And that's part of what changed Safi's mind about, yeah, look, I, so anyway, he flat out said what you said. Like I, I'm not trying to make anybody a Muslim, right. and um, and I and I really appreciate that they're not trying to make me a Christian. You know, right. we can talk to each right. other and listen to each other, and um, it's just a beautiful thing. And so I, I agree with you. I think, you know, as, as you were talking, about what I was thinking too was, um, like I know how I read this coming from coming out of a evangelical background, coming even out of a progressive Christian background. When I'm reading these different perspectives, right, um, Muslim, Buddhist, uh, different, you know, perspectives, um, I know how it hits me. I know what I pick up from it, right? I know what I'm I'm learning from it. But I'm really curious, like, what would a Muslim get out of it, right? Or what would what would the Buddhist get out of it, or what would the the Hindu or the Sufi or the Sikh get out of it? Um, because we're all going to take something different from it. I think, right? We're yes. going to notice something different. That's what's really exciting to me about it. I, I really cannot wait for this book to kind of get out into the world um, because I think it's going to be really, it's going to create some really interesting reactions and conversations once these people of other faiths really start reading it and thinking through some of the things that are shared here. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's pretty great. I think ultimately it's going to be, it's just going to add empathy to the world mm -hmm. and add empathy to the readers because you just, and it's not like the reader's, I don't have empathy. It just it's it just gives you a more broad perspective on where people are at, and you just like, hey, I mean, everyone's going through this life from their own perspective, but we're all we're all different and the same at the same time. Really, yes. we yeah. all have our unique perspectives, our unique worldview, our unique backgrounds. But really, like when it comes down to it, and this is the same thing about like all the faiths, like they're so different, but they're the same. Like ultimately. Yeah. Like yeah. really, if you, if you, if you get Islam right, if you get Baha'i right, if you get Christianity right, 
you're going to be compassionate, empathetic. You're going yep. to care about the poor, the widow, yep. the marginalized, the disenfranchised. Yes. And, 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 and so that's the, I mean, all of the contributors in their writing and, and, and what I know about them. I, and, and, lo- and look, we don't know them personally that well, no. um, <laughs> but from right. their, but from their writing, we can tell like, yeah, this person gets it. They, it, it I'm going to, I'm going to say, I mean, it's probably like no, no true Scotsman fallacy that they're the right understanding of their faith. Yeah. The way I, the way I see it, you know? Yeah. Well, what I, what I think, I mean, just kind of in my mind, going back over some of the chapters that really stood out to me, what's funny is how often, you know, their stories that are shared have to do with a lot of humility, like have to do Mm -hmm. with a moment. A lot of them tell a story about, you know, in the beginning, um, approaching a, a person of a different faith and kind of othering them and thinking, oh no, they're mm-hmm. kind of buying into the stereotype, right? Mm-hmm. And then having a moment where they're just completely blown away and humbled. I mean, like Sapi's story, right? Where these here are these Jesus followers after and on the same day, I mean, on 9-11, the, the towers have just fallen. All the rhetoric is out there about these Muslims who did this. And all the, all the sentiment is out there about how we have to you know, get these horrible Muslim extremists. And then the, some people come around them as Muslims, you know, Christians come around them as Muslims and say, how can we pray for you? Right. What do you need? And and show them compassion and mercy. And it's similar to what like Brandon Anderson's sto- story, his chapter, uh, Martin Brooks's chapter, um, you know, that, that they have this moment of like, Oh my gosh, this other, these other people are not what I thought. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you really are genuinely learning from them, humility, kindness, compassion, mercy. Um, and when you see that, I think what it what that does, um, it it does make you step back and realize, like, hey, um, my faith is fine. You know, if I have, if we all have our own faith, that's great. But it's to realize that, yeah, my faith it can actually be enriched by. Um, seeing the humanity of other people and mm-hmm. recognizing like, yeah, it, you know, it, it's this difference of like relating to people. Do you relate to people as a Christian to, to non-Christians? Like that, the, the fact that that's even a phrase, right? When you're a Christian, you're either a Christian or you're a non-Christian, right? <laughs> you're one of these or two are categories. You, are you saved implying yes. the others yes. aren't? Yes, exactly. Yeah, we're saved, but you're not, right? Right. And it, it just creates this other, you know, kind of mm-hmm. category and lumps everybody in. Yes, yes. Because you could be, you know, I mean, if there's, and that's what's so insidious about like the doctrine of hell or the, you know, things like yeah. that, where if you believe that non Christians, let's say, go to hell. Or non-Muslims, if you're if you're Muslim, if that's the deciding factor, what yeah. faith you are a part of, right? Yeah. If there's a hell at all, if you believe in that, whatever. Um, from my experience, you will always approach them with an asterisk. There will always be some sort of. You'll never just approach them as is, just yeah. as as yeah. a human, one human being to the other, because there's always this like. Oh, should I tell them about Jesus? How am I going to do that? You know, <laughs> right, right. am I going to save them? Are they going to be saved? You know, there's always an ulterior motive, whether you bring it up or it's in the back, or you keep it in the back of your mind because you're an yeah. introvert or you don't know how to approach it, whatever. Yeah. Um, and and so I think that's a starting place where you have to be in your faith in order to just approach people where they are. Yeah. Um, you can't have that fear in your faith like that. I don't think. 
I don't know yeah. how you can. Yeah, I think that's a great that's a great point. Um, maybe if, if this book is accomplishing anything, I hope what it's doing is uh, it, that anybody who comes to read it, by the time they finish reading it, they that we've that we've taken the fear out of their faith. I think that's a really great uh, thing because I think I think that's that if you read it and you really have an open mind, I think that's what will happen. I think you what you'll come and read all these different perspectives, mm-hmm. and at the end, what should happen is that you have less fear um, in your own faith and you have a lot more love and compassion. And that Uh, should be evidence that you're on the right track because I guarantee you, if this book gets in the hands of people who are, um, staunchly whatever conservative or evangelical or whatever, they're going to say, we're watering down our own faith. They're going to say, see, we told you they're going to, it's a slippery (laughs) slope to accepting. I mean, there are all those fear and, and but what's behind all the what's behind all the potential and yeah. I envision future reviews that are negative about this book. Yeah. It's going to be fear behind all of that. Of course. They're of watering course. down the gospel. They're moving past historic Christianity. They're leading people astray. They're, yes, all those things and what's behind all of that is fear. Yeah. You just gave me an idea. I think we should send copies of this book to the Gospel Coalition uh, I would Christianity love today. To. We mm-hmm. need to do that. We should we should seriously do that. Like find out all the how do, what are the addresses of the editors of mm-hmm. these publications and send them a review copy with our please with our love. With, with our, our love. love. Would you please review our book? <laughs> <laughs> all our love. Uh, yeah, I can I can I can imagine it already. I I I mean we've been down we've been on this rodeo. We've been down this road yes, before. Yes, we have. So I mean, they're going to open up. They're going to read Travis's preface. They're going to read my yeah. first chapter. Yeah, and they're going to get into it. And it's like, yeah, I see the negative reviews coming. But that, that's just a, a sign that I mean, the fact that we can predict the negativity of the reviews, of course, is is a sign that I think we're on the right track because it's just also predictable. Fear, guilt, and shame—the three it. ingredients to, I think, bad religion. Not the punk rock band, but bad religion. Yeah. Um, yes. And I think if if we have good religion, I th- I honestly believe that this book is the definition of like how to approach your faith um, with good faith and in if we want to use the word loosely in in an enlightened way. Yeah, where you still yeah. take serious your own tenets, I guess, if you have them still, or you still take serious. You don't water down your understanding of your faith, but you. It's like two things can be true at the same time. Yeah. Um. Is is a Muslim right or is a Christian right? I would just say, well, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, is yeah. Jesus is Jesus ex- the exclusive way? Well, sure, in one way. Yeah. But what does that mean? What does but that what mean? Is, yeah, what does he mean when he says the way? Yeah, exactly. Right. I think yeah. the way he's talking about is the way of peace, the way of love. enlightenment, the yes. way of love, the way of empathy, the way of compassion. Then that, that then in that way, Jesus sure. is the only way. So yes. go do that thing, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're a Buddhist, whether yeah. you're Hindu, whatever. Baha'i, exactly. Yes, exactly. exactly. No, I totally think that that's right. Um, and it's funny too, because I think, um, and I think Safi Kaskas was the one that pointed this out to me because I, how else would I know? Um, he was talking about, uh, Islam and he said, you know, in the Quran, it actually does say that they shouldn't judge, right? That only God, mm-hmm. only Allah knows uh, who's going to be saved or not. Like, you know, but Christians do this all the time too. Like you were saying like, oh, we're saved and they're not. I have a, I have a friend. Um, uh, it's actually a friend of my mom's 
And she is constantly just declaring who's going to hell and who isn't. And and mm-hmm. not coincidentally, everyone going to hell are the people that disagree with her and that she doesn't like, or people that wronged her, did her bad, or you know, they're going to hell. Like, oh wow, you know, it, it reminded me of the quote, you know, Anne Lamott's quote, you know you've made God in your own image when um God hates all the same people you do, right? Mm-hmm. And um and so that's just such a bad habit, right? To to judge other people that way, like, oh, they're going to hell, they're they're not saved. But if uh, I love Safi's thing because it's sort of like, you know, what do I know? It's not my job. You know, like it, it'll all work out at the end. No, let no one judge. And even um, I think Duncan mentioned this in the interview the other day, um, Duncan Pyle, when we were doing the interview uh, with Stuart about the book, he, he referenced a, a passage in the New Testament. Um, there was something about how. Um, oh, no, maybe it's the Old Testament passage. Never mind. It was, but it was something about how, you know, um, to hold, to withhold judgment. Uh, and, and again, it's not ours to do that anyway, right? And I think that's the better way. At least, you know, if you think there's going to be a judgment, if you think there's going to be, even if you think there's going to be a hell, um, to just let, kind of let go of that and say, yeah, but I don't get to say who's going to go or not. And it's not up to me. So, So for now, what that means is, I don't judge people, right? I just love them. I just hang out with them. I, I, re- I receive them as for who they are, and I and I realize it's not up to me to decide who's in or who's out, who's saved or who's not, and that's mm-hmm. whether you're a Muslim or a Christian or whatever. Um, and I, yeah, I, it, even if you're going to be, let's say, a Bible believing Christian, um, there's even there's even precedent within your own faith to do that to say, yeah, stop running around deciding who's in and out and who's saved or not and who's going to hell and who's not um, hold loosely to that and have this idea of like, well, I'm just, I, it's not up to me. I don't know. <laughs> what do I it's know? It's not up to us. Right. It's not Here's, up to any of us. It's up to the most, it's up to the most compassionate, most empathetic, that's most right. loving. Yeah. Whatever I mean, version of God that is. Yeah. I used, I used to kind of play this little, uh, you know, thing with people like, so, you know, you, you could do this, like, imagine, let me, I'm going to describe two different people to you. Okay. And, and I want you to tell me which one is saved and which one's not saved. Right. So the first guy, um, this guy is a troublemaker. Uh, he's been in and out of, you know, in trouble with the law since he was a teenager. Um, he, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's a thief. Uh, he's, he's violent and, you know, he has years and years and years of being in and out of jail and finally, he's arrested for this crime, and he's sentenced to death, and he's on death row, and he's going to be put to death. So there's that. There's the first guy. The other guy is he's actually born into a very rich family, um, always devout, uh, totally loves God, has memorized the scriptures, serves in the church, um, gives lots of money to charities and things like that. I mean, he's really done everything that you could possibly you know think of, and. Um, and very, very, very faith, you know, very, very devoted to, uh, to God and all that stuff. So of those two people, of just knowing only that about the two of them, which of them do you think is going to is going to make it and which one that's going to be, quote unquote, lost? Well, most evangelical Christians would say, well, the guy this his whole life was a thief. Yeah, that's the thief on the cross. Hmm. He lived his whole life. Horrible, horrible, you know, crime, everything. Um, not not religious. Didn't do anything good to anybody. Only only hurt people, rip people off and all that stuff. Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. The other one is the rich young ruler, right? And he walked away. Jesus says, you know, sell everything, give it to the poor and follow me. And he turned around and walked away because he couldn't do it. So again, like 
the the point of those examples is really to say when it comes to judging who's going to make it and who isn't we're really bad at it so we should just not do that it's not up to us to de- to determine based on what i can see in front of me right now of this person oh they're in or oh they're out cuz you don't know i mean yeah and and i like to i like to just not even think about any sort of judgment afterlife at all because then it's like there's also the Christians who will be like, oh, this terrible, terrible person yes, who molested people, who assaulted yeah. people. Oh, they gave their heart to the Lord at the final hour and now they're in heaven forever and there's no consequences. Like, So then yes. it's like, but, I, but I, I don't think any of the people in this book take that. I think, I honestly no. think this is like, take all the religious jargon out of it and we're all just a bunch of humanists. Yes. It's a very human-centered approach, which I think is great. Like, yeah. I think Jesus... Jesus's approach to his Jewish faith was very human centered. Oh, very much so. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I give that example, not because I believe that there is some kind of hell or judgment or anything either. I'm right. just saying, you know, if, if you do believe that, and a lot of Christians do, um, you know, I just kind of give that example to them to say, you know, how good are you at this judging game? Bad, not, not good at all. So stop, stop, stop trying to play that game. Um, yeah. Cause I'm like, I, I don't think anyone's, going to have, uh, I don't think there's a good place and a bad place. I don't think like, oh, some people are going to burn in hell forever and some people are going to have this wonderful, happy life forever. I think um, I think everyone, when we die one way or the other, we will, I, I mean, it's kind of getting off the, our topic, but like to me, it's sort of right. like, you. no one has life apart from God, right? Um, God is the source of life. And so when your body dies, you are still connected to the source of life. So that will never change. You can't be separated from God, uh, whatever God is. You know, I was thinking it, about it yesterday as like our true self will see everything for what it is. That's right. Yeah. And and, and see through all of our narcissistic bullshit. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> we again, will I, yeah, all have that. Off, yeah. That's off topic a little bit. Yeah. But um, no, I just see this. I was thinking about it today when I was, uh, I made a little video, a little trailer video and, and um I was thinking about what I wanted in it and it just seems like, and I, and I don't know if this is probably a little bit reductive or partially to blame about modern media or whatever, but faith has seemed to become so rigid, at least in yeah. America. It's so rigid, like it's faith, politics, whatever. And and this book, what it does is blow that open and it's like everyone is so unique. Like we don't have to fall into these two camps. If this book does anything, it's like um, binary doesn't get us anywhere here. Good. Like, there go. like there's so much nuance in this book. Yeah. And it breaks apart that you have to be on this team or you have to be on that team. Which team yeah. are you going to be on? It's like, well, actually, we're all on the same team. And some of us are just not doing very well <laughs> as being a teammate, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and so I, I don't know, I don't know if some of these people are conservative, progressive. I'm sure some of them follow, I'm sure we fall all over the spectrum on that. Sure. Exactly. Um, I don't, I'm sure we fall all over the spectrum on whether, on how devout we are in our own faith. I could tell you right now that I, I have no faith tradition any longer. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't do any of the things that even progressive Christians do. Yeah. So I don't even, I can't even say I'm really a progressive Christian. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I don't know how many people fall into that camp. 
um, within their own faith. I know some are devout and, and I don't know if some maybe aren't as devout and that, and that's, what's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I think so. I, I, um, I mean, I've already said this, but I, I think I, I just really can't wait to get to hear, to read the reviews, to get the reactions from people. It's, um, I mean, I can, I definitely could say that this is like nothing choir has ever done before, but at the, but at the same time, I hope it's something choir does more and more. <laughs> I hope this is an example. Like we do more of these kinds of books where we, we, I mean, you and I, you know, this is a conscious thing. You know, when you and I were talking about wanting to, uh, to start choir and to re kind of restart choir together. Um, and we did that in January, you know, we talked about some things we wanted to do differently from what choir had done before, or just things, unique things that we had ideas that we had. And this was one of them. I mean, one of the things, um, was to not be a, we don't want choir to be seen as a Christian publisher. Um, we just want to publish great (laughs) books. And we right. want to publish books from a variety of voices. And whether those, those voices are post-Christian or atheist or Muslim or Baha'i or whatever, like we really kind of don't care anymore about the, that label. Um, and so that's the reason why we've gone we, – so we just really have expanded that. It doesn't mean we're not going to continue to publish progressive Christian deconstructing books, theology, nonfiction books. Of course we are. That's that's kind of what's choir has kind of been built on, and we're going to keep going with that. We have great authors that are still writing those kinds of books, and we want to keep publishing those kinds of books. But we just wanted to expand it, so that's why we're you know we're starting to do stuff in science fiction. We're starting to do the choir classics. You know, we're um, you know it's like it's not about trying to um, publish Christian authors or even necessarily publish books for Christians to read specifically. Right. Um, we just want to publish really great books that at least for me, the way I would say it is we want people to think. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and this is something when I was a teenager, uh, I was in high school. I remember I was in literature class and, um, I had a book of, uh, we were going through poetry and I discovered Lord Byron. And I remember reading Lord Byron's poetry and I came across a line that Lord Byron said that I actually wrote down on a piece of paper and I have it in my wallet. Um, cause it was just such a powerful quote. And I think it applies in what we're doing right now with choir. Well, it's also what I've tried to do in my own writing, but the quote is something like, um, and do I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher it, but I mean, this is my paraphrase. It's something like, uh, a small drop of ink upon the page can make, thousands perhaps millions think and i just thought that's the power of writing that's the power of a book right or a Mm -hmm. poem is that i can write something i can put some words on the page some letters on the on the word document or whatever however i'm doing it and then those letters those words when people read them it makes them think and uh, I think that's a powerful thing. And so I, I've always wanted to do that in my own writing. I want to do things that inspire people uh, to think. And this book, and then the books that Choir is is publishing from here on out, we just want it to be books that when you read it, you have to stop and go, whoa, I didn't think about that before. I need to consider that, right? And this book is packed with that. Every chapter, I promise you, you're going to finish that chapter and you're going to have lots and lots to think about, mm-hmm. uh, but in a very good way. 
So I'm just so excited about this, and I hope we're going to continue to publish these kinds of books. I think I think that's the plan. Just because I mean, it's what it's what it's kind of right in our wheelhouse of what we want to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like many voices, one message. Well, what the, we got many voices. What's the one message? Well, there's a there's a message of thinking. There's a message of be broaden your horizons. The message of become a more grounded, well rounded human being. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's let's actually, let's mention let's mention the cover real quick because that thing is beautiful. I tell you what, it, <laughs> I, it reminds me of like I felt like I stepped into Lothlorien. Yeah, for those um, of you that don't know, that's everyone uh, listening to this knows what Lothlorien is. Come on, I, I only boy. know it because I know you. If I just read, I mean, what the hell is Lothlorien? Where is that? Is that like in Minneapolis or where is that? Uh, yeah, so it's a it's a Lord of the Rings reference, although this book has nothing. It's next to, do with to the Lord Anduin River. Um, I mentioned Lord of the Rings at least once. I'm sure. At least. I don't remember exactly, but I think I do. <laughs> yeah, the cover the cover is really great. What I um, so again, hat tip to our uh, the founder of Choir and our good friend and the, an amazing book cover designer Raphael Blundo, uh for doing this one because I you know as we were I was trying to think of covers for this one myself and like everything I came up with was crap. <laughs> and so he, when I saw his cover, I was like, okay, yeah, that's it. It's really funny because if you look close at it, it's this, of course, it's this giant, beautiful tree with all these kind of glowing, uh, I don't know what they are, sprites, embers, something kind of in yeah. the tree. But there's also other trees in the one tree. Like if you look really close, uh-huh. I mean, maybe they're branches, but they kind of look like trees. So like there's a tree within the tree or multiple trees mm-hmm. within the big tree. Um which is also kind of cool, like that, and that's really thought provoking, really interesting. Yeah, it does look like there's yeah. little trees within the trees. I, I don't think stuff. I ever picked up on that. You got to zoom See? way in, but yeah, yeah, there it is. I'll yeah, and should we? I'm just going to read the names of some of the contributors uh, yeah, to this do. book. Yeah, yeah. so um, so huge shout out these guys. Really, every one of these chapters is really good and great writers, great thinkers. Um, People willing, as, as I said, to be honest, be uh, vulnerable, kind of tell on themselves a little bit about the ways they used to believe or used to think um, before they encountered, uh, you know, other people of other faiths that really uh, changed them and transformed them and helped them to see in a different way. So, um, yeah, this book features contributions by, and some of these you're gonna you're gonna recognize. Maybe I'll call them out first. So. Um, choir authors that participated, um, Brandon Andrus, uh, Heather Hamilton, of course, Matthew Testifano, um, wrote the first chapter, which is, and you were the first one to turn it in. So you're the first chapter and it's really, I'll admit, really I'll admit it was already written. Oh, sh- don't tell them that, but it's really good. It's really, really good. Well, no, I mean, it, it's not published. It was, it's unique. Yes. It's, yes. Yeah. 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 And, uh, Kevin Sweeney, uh, also provided a chapter. Um, I wrote the afterward, um, and uh, Shonda Ja. So Shonda is not a choir author other than this, um, but she is co-host of Heritage Happy Hour with us. Well, and, and she, she wrote the foreword for The Call of the Wild. That's right. And yeah. she's, uh, so she was raised Hindu. Well, she Hindu and Christian, right? She had a Hindu father and a Christian mother. Uh, uh, so she has yeah. a, mm-hmm. yeah. So she has a, she has a really interesting story. So those are the names that if you're, a, uh, you follow choir or you read choir books, uh, that you will probably already know. 
But the other names you may not know, um, Martin Brooks. Martin, by the way, is the, uh, for a while there, you know, I was part of Peace Catalyst International. Martin Brooks is the director and president of Peace Catalyst International. Um, but he has a really personal story that he shares in there that's great. Uh, the other one, uh, Alison Daphner. Uh, Alison Daphner, so I don't even know if I told you this. Um, when Wendy and I had first moved to California, and right after our first son, Dylan, was born, we lived in this, we moved to this like little, um, uh, what do you call it, like a duplex in Huntington mm-hmm. Beach off of Beach Boulevard. And our neighbors were the Daphners. And they had a little daughter that was about Dylan's age. And we just got to be friends with them and got to know them. And her husband is Christian and Allison is Jewish. Hmm. And, um, but then, you know, we kind of lost touch with them after we moved, uh, moved out of Huntington Beach. And then, you know, now, now we live in El Paso, but we're still Facebook connections, right? Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. And Allison just posts some incredible stuff. Like Wendy and I were just noticing like, man, she's a good writer the way she expresses herself, like she's really great. So when we were doing this book, Wendy was like, you should ask Allison if she wants to write something. And I was like, oh, great idea. So I reached out to her. And as I know of, she's never written anything. She's never published anything before. Okay. Um, so that was really kind of fun, uh, kind of like a little personal connection for us and uh, a chance to give her an opportunity to uh, have something published. So she kind of writes about what it's like being a Jewish person married to a Christian. And um, that was kind of cool. Um her Nessa Farad. So she's great. I also, I got to know her when I was working with Peace Catalyst and, and I helped Peace Catalyst launch a podcast called the Peace Catalyst podcast. And I think she was our very, yes, she was our very first interview on the podcast. Um, okay. Her Nessa is amazing. Um, so she's a Muslim woman, um, very much like Safi where she's a Muslim, uh, devout Muslim, but um, works to, you know, uh, increased dialogue between different faiths. Um, she's not, you know, an evangelist for Islam at all. Uh, and she's also someone that's really learned, uh, the beauty of just taking people for who they are at face value. So her and is excellent. She's great. I think she also, I, I think this is, I think she talks about this in the book. Um, she does acquire, um, I think it's her, maybe she tells the story and I'm getting it wrong. Anyway, read the chapter. She has a really great, uh, really great chapter. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember exactly, so I'm not going to try to ruin it or get it wrong here. Um, but yeah, she she does really great work. Um, and Caleb Gilliland, he came to us through Heather. Uh, he's a friend of Heather Hamilton's, um, and he's Baha'i. Mm-hmm. So he has a really interesting perspective. He's our only Baha'i in the book, but um, yeah, really really cool. Um, I mentioned Travis Henry. He actually is our. Is he? Is he our editor at Pathios? He's our, yeah, he's our, um, progressive Christian channel. editor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, we invited Travis to write the sort of the preface to the book. Mm-hmm. So he, he's, he's in there. Um, and then we, we've talked a couple of times about Safi. So Safi Koskas is in here and, uh, love Safi. Gosh, he's so great. He's just a wonderful person. Um, and we have another Muslim, Ijaj Nakvi and, um, then of course Duncan Pyle, who uh, he writes about Sufism, mm-hmm. and uh, Gregory Smith, Fred Stella, and I guess that's it. Yeah, that's it. Gregory and Fred, and Gregory and Fred are also bloggers on Pathios. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There you go. It's a it's, it's a fun. great it's a great book. It's a it's yeah. a it's a fantastic book. I enjoyed 
being a part of it and putting it together and designing it and reading as I mean, when you design a book and, and you don't read it as much, um, as, as closely as I think you edited this a lot more than I did, but I tried to get my fingerprints on there and, and edit it as well. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. It really, I think it'll change. I think it'll change every, if you have an open mind to this kind of stuff. Yeah. And even if you don't, but well, I mean, you have to start with an open mind. Sure. You can have some skepticism and that's fine. But I think if you approach, when you get to the end of it, I think you'll have a different perspective on how to approach your own faith. Cause no, again, no yeah. one is saying not to be your faith. No one is, no one is doing what some of the staunchly fundamentalist people accuse others of doing of like trying to water down things. None of us are doing not that at all. Like, you are where you are and that's cool and it's be cool with where I'm at and I'll be cool with you with you're at as long as we bring empathy and compassion to the table. Yeah. And that's yeah. the bottom line, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I um it's such a wonderful book. And I you know, we do want to do more of these. Um, you know, as we were saying, you know, choir's tagline from the beginning was many voices, one message. And this book gives us an opportunity to really um really pay off on that idea of many voices because mm -hmm. up to, up till now, those many voices have all been progressive deconstructing Christians and most of them old white guys, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot of old white guys. So, uh, this is another thing that's really exciting. It's like, um, it's really expanding on that idea of, yeah, let's have many voices. So let's listen to people, you know, men, women, as you said, um, gay, straight, uh, you know, all these different faiths and religions and backgrounds. Um, let's really give those many voices the, the chance to speak. And I think it's beautiful that what we're all speaking about is the beauty of faith in general. I mean, it's just like, it doesn't have to be, faith doesn't have to be this polarizing thing. It doesn't have to be us and them right and wrong, mm -hmm. you know, me versus you. It, it, unfortunately it has become that. Um, too often, right? Yeah. So I think this book hopefully gives us a, a a renewed vision for what a really healthy faith could be, a faith that is um, willing to say, these are my convictions, these are the things that I believe at this moment, um, for whatever reasons, but at the same time, um, I'm willing to embrace other human beings who have a different perspective and mm -hmm. celebrate the fact that, you know, it's good to have different perspectives. It's good to have people who can see things you don't see or to understand things in a slightly different way than you do. Um, that's good. And actually, we can only all be stronger the more we listen to each other and, and take advantage of that, celebrate that, that diversity to celebrate our differences rather than demonize those things. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and so that's, yeah, that's why for me, it's, it's a, just a refreshing thing to say, like, what if we got all these different people together from all these different faiths, not to argue about who's right or wrong, not to point out who's who's more right than the other or who's more wrong, um, but to just kind of go around and say, this is what I love about Sufism. This is what I love about Baha'i. This is what I love about Islam. This is what I love about Buddhism or Hinduism. And just acknowledging that there is a lot to love about all these different perspectives. They all have something really deep and profound that can enrich your life. Um, again, like you were saying, if you're open to it, you know, 
Um, and yeah. I've, I've experienced that. I mean, like we don't have it in this, in this book either, but you know, like native American spirituality, you know, I, I, it blew my mind to read black elk, uh, black elk speaks. And, uh, and I've read some other native American, uh, stuff, uh, about spirituality. That's wow. I mean, it's so great. And, um, and I feel the same way, like when I've read some of like, you know, the gospel of Thomas or the gospel of truth, some of these like Nagamati texts, um, that are ancient, you know, that also have a very different perspective than what I grew up with as a, as an evangelical mm-hmm. Christian. And I'm reading some passages about the way they describe God or the way they approach God. And it's like, wow, it's so beautiful and profound. You know, there's so much mystery and, and awe and reverence. And it's great. I mean, it's. I think your your faith is better for it if you're able to to listen, you know, and to pay attention and to appreciate yeah, yeah. something without constantly critiquing it, constantly saying, "Oh, that's wrong." Oh no, no, that isn't. No, 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 that that disagrees with mm-hmm. this Bible verse or that that thing. Like, relax. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your life is not enriched by trying to create some sort of like monolithic religion across yeah. the globe or across your country. Yeah. Um, yeah. I could have talked about, I talked about Buddhism, but I could have talked about Sufism or Sufism. Um, I could have talked about Bawa Mukhayadin, which influenced like uh, one of the Me Without You albums. Um, is is, it's all, it's, it's, is it's that, all, is that the it's faith crazy, in, it's all a dream. Is that from Dune? Dune. Dune, the religion what, in Dune. What did you just what's say? Dune? Dune. What's Dune? What is Frank that? Herbert? Dune? The giant yeah. sandworms? Who? Never heard it. No, I'm just kidding. I know dude. Um, no, I don't know what the religion is in there. But so um, what? Tell me, because I don't. What you just said was was Greek uh, to me. Sufi, um, uh, Islam, a version of Islam. No, the other thing you said. Muhayyadin. What is that? He he's a Sufi um, mystic. Oh, back okay. In the day. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was Muad'Dib, um, which is the name of the Messiah in Dune. So oh, anyway. oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. No, he his influence his writings influenced uh, one of the Me Without You albums. Um, oh yeah. And Mew That You was a Christian band. Those guys are great. Um, they're one of the few Christian bands, by the way, that are really great. I, I mean, I don't even know if they're really a Christian band. They cuss and they have a whole <laughs> they have a whole Muslim album. Me, my <laughs> based, kind based of Christian, on the writings of a Muslim. Yeah. My kind of Christian album. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. I mean, yeah, but 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 again, the people who are trying, who are clamoring for like a um, you know everyone to be a Christian, or I mean, God forbid, theocracy in America. Yes. Oh gosh. I mean, as terrifying as that is, and it it actually harms the people who want that as well. Yeah. Because your life, you are missing so much that you don't know what you don't know. That's right. And you are missing out on so much of this whole thing called being a human being. Yeah. Um, you're just you're just creating. Um, you're creating like like you want some spice. You're creating mayonnaise. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you know, you're, you're creating a world in which you don't get to use salt and pepper and paprika. And yeah. you're just like, oh, just throw some mayonnaise on it. That's spicy enough. And it's like, damn, yeah. you are. Yeah. You don't even know what you, you don't even know what you're missing because you won't well, even look at it. Yeah. There's, or, a, there's, or, a, there's a millions of people who won't even look at this book. What we learn oh. by listening to other faiths. Nope. Put it down. <laughs> That's right. Not oh, ordering that. No. Nope. That's okay. the you're, that's the devil's pathway. Yes. You're lost. Yeah, the devil's yeah, the devil's pathway. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, but I like your metaphor about spice too. It's sort of like, man, I really like salt. 
So I'm just going to, I'm only using salt. That's it. Just salt. You want some paprika? Just nope. Salt. Nope. Just salt. Yeah. yeah. You want some cumin? Nope. Just salt. It's like, like man, watching a white person fried chicken. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, I got to see. And I love the, I really do like the food metaphor. Like, cause like, that's one of the reasons I got, once I, and come to think of it, I don't think I really expanded my food horizons until we until I moved out of El Paso, right? So El Paso, right, it's right. all it's mainly Mexican food, and it's great. I mean, I love Mexican food. I still do. It's great. Yeah, really great Mexican down food. there, right? Yes, um, but it's some. You, of the, can't, it's you the, can't fuck with some Mexican food trucks in California, though. Oh, I don't know if I could fuck with that. No, but listen, no, but see, like coming out of El Paso, like so, I'm thinking great food is El Paso food, right? And then I go to California, and then I try like. I mean, the first time I even heard the concept of fish tacos, I thought it was disgusting. Like, who would put fish on a taco? That's disgusting. And then I ate one, and I'm like, oh, damn, that's good. Um, you know, and then I had, then I tried like, because uh, it's very multicultural in Orange County. So, like, yeah. you know, you go to like these Indian food places, like, oh my gosh, and like Thai food, oh man. And we're not talking like, we're talking like the 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 Asian ethnic food. Like Korean food, Vietnamese food in in Orange mm -hmm. County, these are made by people who came from there, right? This oh, yeah, is authentic yeah. stuff. Japanese curry, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. the flavors are so amazing. And how sad would it be to say, nope, I just want salsa and everything. I you just know? want salt <laughs> or salt. salt. Yeah, like man, you are yeah. missing out on so much. And so to me, yeah, this book is like this buffet of incredible tastes mm -hmm. and flavors. Uh, mm -hmm. that I, I, I can't wait for people to try because I think more than one of these, you're going to be like, oh, that was awesome. Oh, this is what food tastes like when you season it. Uh, every, oh, yeah. every time I cook, my wife's always like, what's it? This is, what? I'm like, I seasoned it. That's what I did. I, <laughs> I seasoned the shit out of this. That's why it's so good. <laughs> yes. <That's laughs> my daughter great. starts doing that. She's, my daughter this weekend was like, let me, can I season it though first? My, my, wife, my, my wife's a good cook. Yeah. But even my daughter came and was like, can I season that? And my, my daughter does good at seasoning. She's, she there learned. you go. So you got, awesome. you got, this, this book is the seasoning. That's right. This is, yes. That's a good way to think of it. Seasoning. Yeah. This is, this is some seasoning on your uh, religious salad. Yeah, at least the children's like, can we just put a light, little tiny bit of salt and pepper? And we're like, nah. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's got plenty of that. It's okay. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you got any hot sauce? I got mayonnaise. Nah. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, yeah, let's also send this book to her. I think we should send I would it to love her. To. Yeah. I would Alyssa, love to. we wrote this book for you. Have you have your have your historic Christianity, man? Quote unquote, this historic quote, Christianity. Unquote, yeah, quote unquote. Even if it was historic Christianity, that's two thousand years ago, man. Yeah. Can we? Can we? No, move? no, 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 no. Historic Christianity was five hundred years ago. What are you talking about? I post I post on Facebook like you talk about <laughs> historic Christianity as if as if J as if the real JC is John Calvin. John Calvin, yeah, he's JC. That's right. That's the real OG. What would John Calvin do? WWJs. Yeah. He would stand there and cheer while we put this heretic to death. Dude, we would have been. I mean, who knows? Like, you don't know if this book gets a little bit of mainstream or whatever. Like the way things are going in America, we could have an instance where like choir gets shut down, people like us get yeah, arrested. No, I mean honestly, I was I've, true. I you. Were, I know we're approaching an hour here and we don't want to end on a negative note, but this is honestly like we're in the times in America where things like this can really get you into trouble. You re you, you heard of project 2025 from the heritage think, foundation. Yeah. 
Holy fuck. No, these people want to make it, a, they want to impose such a theocracy that it could literally be a be crime. Yeah, yeah, it could be a crime. Heresy would yep. be a crime. Adultery yep. would be a crime. Like you would go to yep. jail yep. Uh, for these kind of things. And yeah, dude, don't tell me it can't happen. I, I have seen happen. things in my, even just in the last six years, I have seen so things. These authors I are I also brave. See. These authors are, are brave. So shout yes. out to doing shit yes, like this. Absolutely. Takes a level of bravery to put your neck out there. Yeah. So yeah, thanks. Thanks to all of our contributors. All of you mm-hmm. guys did such a great guys and girl and gals did such a great job. Um, so proud of this book. Can't wait for it to get out there. I do hope, you know, if you've listened this far, hopefully you're interested. And uh I would love for our listeners to go out, get the book, read it, and please let us know what you think. You know, rate it, review it on Amazon, uh, yeah. share it with people that you think, hey, you know, maybe your pastor needs throw, to read this. Yeah, the- the, the, it's going to be in the in the even the, this pe- episode is going to come out before the book does, but the link's going to be in there. You can pre-order yeah. the Kindle. Everything's going to be on there. Yeah, uh, you probably get the book before the release day. The release day is September twenty-six, but you might you might you can order it. Um, click that, go buy it. It's going to benefit your life. I yeah. I guarantee I guarantee that results not guaranteed, but I guarantee it. But I guarantee it. Yes. But I guarantee it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone. Rate and review this show. Listen to all the Choir of Cast podcasts and go pick up this book. And uh, you know, if one, you know, all the all the contributors, if if one of them sticks out, a couple of them stick out to you, go follow them on social media. Check out yeah. their blogs and everything. A bunch of them are on Pathios. Um, some some folks have podcasts and all that. So go check them all out. Yeah. Please do. Thanks all so right. much, everybody. Later.